Hello and welcome to another Cheeky Scientist News Show. I'm Isaiah and today we're talking about what is going on with the job market. There's a massive correction. What's going to happen into 2024? That's where we're going to start. Then we're going to talk about just how many interviews you can expect to have if you get an interview in the first place. So how to get those interviews, why you're likely going to have to give an interview presentation now, and then how to really control the interviews through the control of your voice. This includes a phone screen, video interview, in-person interview. What we're finding is, especially with the rise of uh, video interviews, is that voice and the, the quality of your audio on your device, by the way, matters a lot. So we're talking about intonation. We're talking about controlling the, the melody and the rhythm of your voice. We're talking about pauses, having executive presence. All of this is gonna be covered. So for, I want, first I wanna catch you up on what's going on in the job market. We, we've talked a lot this year about how ghost job listings, like this article says, are creating a false sense of hope. Up to 60% of the jobs posted online now are ghost job listings. That's from a recent report in Microsoft Careers. There have been reports in CBS News, Wall Street Journal, New York Times, and Times Magazine, uh, among many others, talking about ghost job listings where real companies are, are posting jobs that aren't real. Now, what I like about this particular article is it gives an idea of what to do in the face of ghost job listings as well, well as why this is going to continue. Companies are posting jobs to collect competitive intelligence data, demographic data to feed to their own AI systems. But there's also a lot of equal opportunity employment laws that are essentially requiring employers to keep jobs posted for months, even if they fill them internally. This is not going anywhere. This is a trend and it's just gonna make applying to jobs a pain if you're doing it online. So you have to move from a job posting centric job search to a company centric job search where you're following companies and whether or not they're actually increasing their headcounts or decreasing their headcounts. Um, so how can you tell if a job is real or not? Well, if the job has a vague description, the more vague, the more likely it is to be a ghost job listing. If it's persistent, as in if, if the job keeps refreshing like every week, likely a ghost job listing that's been set to auto refresh. Little to no response during the hiring process. Well, of course, right? It says stats show that 75% of those in the US don't hear back from companies after applying to an open role. This is the whole problem with ghost job listings. The job seems too good to be true. Inconsistent company information, right? Discrepancies on contact information. Nobody to contact at all. This could be a sign of a ghost job listing. So what can you do in the face of it? Well, it says network extensively, obviously just reaching out to a hiring manager and saying, is this job still available? Um, embrace continuous learning. <laughs> yes, but you know, this, this is not uh, very helpful. It just says, you know, you gotta be ready to upskill and Make sure that you can go after a wider variety of jobs. Be professional in your outreach and online. So it talks about how when you upload your resume, your resume is going to trigger an automatic scan of your LinkedIn profile by the ATS and your digital footprint. So make sure you have good online professional etiquette. Um, from here, I want to talk about an article that's posted uh, that says, for that amount of money, Job Hunter says he had to do a whole presentation for a third round interview. This is from the Daily Dot talking about a lot of these trends on TikTok, other social media sites where job seekers are talking about their woes. In this case, that you have to give a full presentation. And this particular job seeker, I'm putting this out not because it's what you should do, it's actually what you should not do, says, I'm gonna watermark all of my presentation slides. They're trying to get free information from me. Did you know that the average number of interviews you're gonna have just for one job right now is five? five interviews, you're likely gonna to have to present. They want you because you're innovative. They want you to use your degree, whatever your advanced degree is, whether it's a PhD or otherwise, 
to help them solve their problems. And they're going to ask you for freebies. So give them as many freebies as possible because ideas are a dime a dozen. It takes capital and execution to make those ideas come to fruition. So don't hold back if they're asking you questions, if they're doing multiple interviews. They're not, they're not going to try to get stuff for free from you, okay? Maybe that's happened very rarely, but you need to go in there being like, I am a, a fountainhead of ideas. I, I have an unlimited amount of ideas that I can give you. That's why you should hire me for this job. As far as presentations go and interviews, uh, you're going to have a lot of interviews, as I mentioned. So there's an article in Vox that is a good read. Job interviews are a nightmare and only getting worse. Um, it talks about some of these interview stories that are challenging just in terms of the number of interviews that you're going to have. Likely going to have a phone screen. That's the most important, right? Because after that initial phone screen, right, sometimes after the second interview, but usually after the first one, is when they go from looking for reasons not to hire you to looking for reasons to hire you. So you have to be ready for multiple interviews, but always, always prioritize that first one. Don't say that's just kind of like a phone screen check and wait till the later interviews to take it seriously. It says you can push back, but again, you have limited leverage. So if you get to the end of a fourth interview, you can start asking questions like, what more would you need to hear from me in order to give me this position right now? I know I can bring XYZ to your company. Okay, and then the way in which you say that matters, which I'm gonna talk about here extensively. I do wanna cover presentations. So how to use these seven presentation skills to nail a job interview. This is a great article that talks about understanding your audience first. You gotta understand your audience and you gotta tell a story. Most PhDs, most people with advanced degrees fail to do this. Your audience is not another academic throughout the interview process. It's an employer, likely a hiring manager, typically with an associate's or bachelor's degree. Some of them have higher level degrees, most of them do not. And they're not a high level academic, they're not an expert in your field, very, 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 very likely. Tell a story about you, who you are. The most common interview brief is, if you have to present, just tell us who you are, what your interests are, and tell us a little bit about your work. That's it, usually a 10 minute presentation. So when you do this, you want to have a title slide, then a picture just of you, and tell them something about you. Tell them the benefit you're going to bring to the company. Then show a picture of you with other people. You always have to show them pictures of other people. A collage slide is what I call this. Pictures of you on a fun run. Pictures of you working in your department back maybe in university. Pictures of you working at a former job. You did a lot of things with a lot of people. So they know that they can work side by side with you for eight hours a day without going crazy. Another great article in Forbes, five steps to an engaging presentation for your management interview. Right, start by establishing what is being requested from the prompt. Again, what benefit are you going to bring to the company? What problems are you going to help them solve? Talk about a problem you solved in the past and relate it to the problem they want you to solve. Prepare an outline. If it's a longer talk, like a 45-minute like a talk for maybe for an R&D job, give them an outline slide. Let them know exactly how much time you're going to be spending on each section. It gives them a sense of rest, a sense of trust. Find relevant examples to back your points. Deliver a real-world taste for your expertise. If you want to do translational work in industry, then you got to talk about things in a translational way. What, what, what is the value of your past research if you're presenting that? Make your slide deck visually appealing. One thing that I wanted to mention in this previous article was create a call to action. The call to action is to hire you. Have good body language, and it says, the very last point here, which is going to lead into my next topic, control your voice. Controlling your voice is one of the most important things today that most people don't take any note of. Uh, a really, this is what I used to recommend. I mean, 10 years ago, I was recommending this. When you have to present uh, for an interview and you're doing you know, a walkthrough of your presentation, don't just video record yourself. I want you to record yourself just on audio and then just uh, like on your phone and then listen to just the audio. Do you, do you sound excited to be there? 
Do you sound in control of the room? Is there executive presence, power in your voice? Not power as in like you're powerful, but like the volume. You're, you're, you know, it's like saying something with force like this versus saying something with force like this and maybe even talking like you're a little bit bored. There's, there's different ways to talk, and that's the, the topic of this incredible article. I love this article uh, from the Harvard Business Review. Don't underestimate the power of your voice. I recommend everyone that's going to interview study this article, right? It talks about, it gives you an overview of, of everything vocal from intonation to pauses to melody to pitch. Uh, the first thing it says is crank up the volume, the vocal volume to supercharge your messages. And that's really how you command attention with executive presence, being able to say things with force, more from the diaphragm, right? Than from up here when you're maybe a little bit nervous. Okay. And, and, ending a sentence strongly instead of just kind of trailing off it uh, when you're making a point like this. See the difference? Spell strong executive presence using a powerful tone as well. Tone, the melody is very different, right? If I'm talking to somebody like this and I'm just a little bit annoyed and I don't really know, you know, maybe I'm trying to show them like through a little bit of anger that I know what I'm talking about is like a defense mechanism. It doesn't come across very well, right? And if I, if I say things like this and you know, I'm trying to, I'm a little bit timid, but the way my tonality, the way that I'm talking right now, my micro expressions, right, as well, that, that go hand in hand with that tonality. It's very different than if I'm telling you something that I really believe in and I understand when I talk with a forceful, powerful tonality um, that's not just vocally sounding strong in, in terms of executive presence, but also there's strong belief behind what I'm saying. And I'm confident in it. Okay, not confident in a bad way, but you, you've internalized it, you know what you're saying, you believe in yourself and you believe in what you're saying, you believe in the fact that you can be the best fit for the job. Calibrate your vocal rhythm with the right melody. Just as the wind sometimes appears to howl, whisper, or scream with emotion, your messages are perceived differently depending on the way we use rhythm in our voices, right? The rhythm like that. Or we can talk about things a little bit faster and then slow it down so they know that we're bringing home a point. Right, that's, that's the rhythm that they're talking about. But I, I love the part on intonation. And you know, an example that I like to tell members, and we'll get into some of the examples from the article, is uh, you can say the sentence, did you buy the red car, in several ways with several different meanings, right? Did you buy the red car? 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 And then finally, did you buy the red car? All of those things point, emphasize something different and, and change what's being said. So there are some great examples here of how you can say, if you want to be a leader, empower others. And how you can make it more personal by saying, if you want to be a leader, empower others. Right? So these are ways that you could talk about yourself. It talks about salary negotiation. I love this. I think I'd like to accept the offer but um, I also want to ask for a 15% salary increase, okay? And I'm overemphasizing here, but um, to prove the point. Versus, I'll accept the offer with a 15% salary increase as a condition. Do you see, you see the difference in how you frame that entire sentence? Obviously, the second one is the one that you want to do. Um, it also talks about avoiding hedges, like sort of, maybe about, I guess, I think. Hesitations or fillers, um, uh, ah, uh, you know. Meaningless particles, as they're called. Oh, well, let's see. <laughs> a lot of people do those, don't even know what they're called. Myself included. Tag questions, right? Isn't it? Okay, do you think? Does that make sense? 
We do that a lot in academia. Don't do that. It takes away the, the executive presence of what you're saying. Uh, there's some uh, primary articles here, here that I wanted to share. Powerful and powerless speech styles in the relationship to perceived dominance and control from Lawrence Hossman. Recommend this if you're looking for some, some primary research. Uh, this is really good too. Types of focus in English. Uh, there are primary references, uh, many of them from that Harvard Business Review, but if you want to go deep, this, this is a great article to read from Carlos Gusenhoven uh, as well. Again, it's called Types of Focus in English. And really just talking about how we combine things, the, the information and how, uh, how we can relate that information in a, in a discourse model, right? So pitch accents, uh, are used for this purpose, so they call it the focus constituent, and and uh, which contains the constituents whose information status is being signaled, while their distribution within the focus constituent expresses the type or meaning of the focus. Now, if that sounds complex, it just me. It, it can be very. It, it can be highly varied. There's a lot of nuance in what you say and how you say it. You can convey to somebody through your voice, more almost more than anything else today. Like at the highest levels. You know, the, the, the higher and higher executive positions that I see people get, um, get in, hired into that they sign salary contracts for, what's being asked on these interviews um, doesn't really change that much. You'd be surprised. But the executive presence and the way that somebody's able to answer it and the feeling you get from it and all of these small things, the nuances, the focus, how they're grouping together information, what they're pointing to as they say it, do they run on and on? Do they stop? How do they use pauses? It's a very, very powerful way to separate yourself from other candidates who are not studying this stuff at all. Um, so overall, and I'll end with this, you know, it, if you feel like the job market's getting worse, it's not, it's not you, right? That's the actual title of this article. It's not just you, it's getting harder to switch jobs, it's getting harder to get hired. That's why we have to continue learning. Like that previous article talked about, let's continue being flexible, opening ourselves up to more opportunities understanding what, what are, what's a signal of a ghost job, right? Tracking companies, applying to jobs. When we get a chance to talk to an employer, making sure we're presenting ourselves with the right tonality, the right pitch, with executive presence. That's what's going to get you hired. So this takes us to the end of today's new show. As always, stay current and keep advancing your career.